What is up listeners of the Didn't Ask podcast? Welcome back to episode 42 of the Didn't Ask podcast. We're not even 10 seconds in and I've said the name of the podcast twice. So that's a good start of today's episode. How are you guys doing? I hope you had a good time during the Christmas festivities. Easy for me to say. I had a pretty good Christmas. Spent Christmas Day. So it's a funny thing because here in the Netherlands, we separate the days. Okay, so we have Christmas, but we separate them into the days. So you have the first day of Christmas and the second day of Christmas. In other countries, you just have Christmas on the 25th and then you have Boxing Day on the 26th or you just celebrate the 24th or 5th or whatever. But yeah, so the first day of Christmas, so Christmas Day, I spent at my grandparents on my mother's side and, you know, we had some fun, ate some food, you know, it was a good time. And the second day or Boxing Day, if you want to call it that, I was home alone, basically. So woke up, did the Christmas breakfast type thing with my mom and her boyfriend and my little niece who slept over, which was super fun. It was, you know, like waking up. And then when they left, I was basically home alone for the rest of the day, which is fantastic for me. I'm very much an introvert, so I like to be alone sometimes. And especially after the busy day that Christmas itself was. You know, it's time for me to recharge. And then luckily, uh, Monday, we had a day off in the office. So that also helped tremendously because it was just for me an extra day to catch up on sleep that I've been missing for the couple of weeks. And again, re-energize and to start the week full of energy. And this Friday is, of course, we're going to be, it's New Year's Eve. That day I'm also off. So I only have to work like three days this week, and that's fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to, again, enjoying the long weekend and see what life brings us in 2022. So again, I hope you had a good Christmas. I hope you celebrated. I hope you got the gifts you wanted, because that's also an important part of Christmas. So that being said, let's jump into the first question of today, coming from user Link's Other Uncle. And they ask, what video game consumed your life upon first playthrough? And I can answer this question with a couple of games, actually. Like the game that enthralled me so much that I've spent days playing it um, is, of course, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Witcher was something that I've heard of in the past, but never really got into I've said it on this podcast before. I'm not really into the fantasy stuff. I tried Skyrim before and I just didn't like that at all. And, you know, I've tried some other things that fit into the same type of game and subject matter. The high fantasy, Elder Scrolls, Lord of the Rings type game, you know, like type subject. I've tried a lot of them, never really worked for me. So when I saw The Witcher 3, and everybody was speaking very highly of The Witcher 3 in the game's coverage leading up to launch, I was just like, you know what? This might be the game that gets me hooked on 
real real RPGs and especially high fantasy RPGs. So I pre-ordered a game which you should never do, but I did anyways. And the game came out in 2015, which was the year I graduated high school. So I graduated high school the 30th of June, I think. And I believe The Witcher came out like the 25th or the 26th, somewhere around like the last week of June. So it was a perfect crossing of me finishing my final exams and then going into this extended period off because my college wasn't starting until September 1st, I believe it was, somewhere around that time. So I had like three months that I could just spend on doing nothing really. So what I did was I played The Witcher for that time. And man, I had such an amazing time and I've been playing days and days and exploring the world, doing all the question marks that are across the map and you name it. I had such an amazing time with The Witcher. So that is definitely one of the games that consumed my entire life. Especially, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm very much an introvert. So I am not really much that person that has to go out or needs to go club in or something like that. I like to stay inside, stay warm, play a game, and just enjoy myself being alone. But The Witcher is pretty much like a game that's very long ago. So to go to a more recent game that I really enjoyed and really consumed my life was... The Last of Us Part 2. The Last of Us Part 1 is such a special game. And it did so many things differently at the time when it came out. It really made it feel like you were in a movie. And we always say that, like, oh, this makes you feel like you're in a movie. But The Last of Us really did that. And it explored some themes that we hadn't seen before. Like, you know, identity and what it means to be alive and stuff like that. That when they announced The Last of Us Part 2, people were a bit skeptical, me included, because of course you're influenced by the voices of others as well. And it was such a fantastic game that I cannot speak highly of enough. The Last of Us Part 2, again, did so many fantastic things about speaking about love and morality and what it means to get revenge and the endless cycle of revenge really so that game when it came out it sucked me in like i was lost for like two days just playing through the game as basically as quickly as i could and not as quickly as in a bad sense like oh like i need to get through with this game so i can shove it off No, no 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 i wanted to get through as quickly as possible because the game was so good, or the game is so good, that I just couldn't stop. And I just wanted to play more and more and more and more and more. So yeah, going back to the question asked by Link's other uncle, what video game consumed your entire life upon first playthrough? And I would have to say it's either, I mean, it's both really. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt and The Last of Us Part 2. Both of these games were so special in what they delivered, that I had to play through them as quickly as I could. 
because I was just enjoying myself so much that there wasn't a way for me to stop. So thank you for your question, Link's other uncle. Moving on to the second question of today. This one coming from user Konami Ajani. And they ask, what sequel is way better than the original? So the name Konami Ajani makes me think of games, of course, but I'm just going to see this whole question as a overall entertainment wise. So I would say the Toy Story movies are way better than the original is the sequels. Toy Story 1 is a special movie, but there are some hits and misses in that movie. But when you finally reach Toy Story 3, Toy Story 3 is life changing in my opinion. That movie is so good, so good that I years later I bought a Lotso Lushy because the movie is again life changing. It's such a special way to interpret the story that they started in Toy Story 1, just this toys being alive and then adding life in that and growing up and splitting away from each other and going apart and stuff like that all get get spoken about and get touched in this movie. So I would have to say Toy Story 3. If we're speaking of games, then yeah, I would say The Witcher 3, even though I've never played The Witcher 1. But I feel like The Witcher 3 is like the best game out of all the Witcher games. So those are my two answers to you. I'm going to leave, going to keep it a little short for this one. But my answer to you, Konami Ajani, what sequel is way better than the original? And I would say Toy Story 3 way better than the original and then the witcher 3 wild hunt way better than the original so those are two you know different media types i guess that have a better sequel than its predecessor now moving on to the third question of today and this one coming from user down bad with a lot of these what do you think of the anti-work movement so the anti-work movement, I can interpret it as different things. I feel like we are in a point in our lives, especially because of the pandemic, where we are starting to value our time in a different manner. And we are valuing our life in a different manner than we used to do. We, we had this live to work mentality so you would work 40 if not more hours a week so that you can provide money and food on the table of your family but we are hitting a point now where we have more of a work to live mentality where people work three four days a week and then you know enjoy themselves the other days that they have left and I personally am more of a person that loves that where I like to like the work that I'm doing I don't necessarily mind but in all honesty I would like to do anything else in my life and if that is not you that is not you but I feel like it's weird to say that 
if you have a new game that you would rather go to work than play that new game. So the anti-work movement, I feel like we are getting into a very interesting point where we are now saying that because people work from home now, I feel like we have had more, there is like a little bit more room in what you do on a day-to-day basis. Because if you're in an office, you're in the office and so you're working or not. But like there's very little movement you can do. But there's very little leeway in that. But now when you're working from home, there is an easier transition where you can be like, oh, I'm going to be working from 9 to 11 and then have a small break so I can vacuum my house or whatever and then be done so I don't have to do that, you know, after work or stuff like that. And I feel like that's a very good thing to do. And we are also seeing this happen in multiple countries and multiple companies that they are implementing four-day work weeks. So instead of working Monday to Friday, people work Monday through Thursday or Tuesday to Friday or whatever so that people get more days off every week. And we are seeing that that is actually helping people because instead of slaving away for five days, sitting behind their desk for eight hours every day, they're now doing that for four days, which means that all the work that they're doing is being truncated into four days instead of you know dragged over to five days, which means that people are more active during their daily work hours because there is just overall less time for them. But it also means that they are happier and they are more rested because they now have three days. And I also feel like it would make people happier because you only have to work four days. And I feel like when you do that, uh, like I already mentioned, you're truncating your work into four days. So I feel like you're getting more work done every day, or at least you are feeling that because instead of sitting in front of your desk for eight hours where you, let's say you work for six hours, so to speak, like you actually do work for six hours and then over the whole day you work for like two or maybe three even hours that you're just sitting there, you're basically cutting that time down because again, you're basically missing eight hours at the beginning or the end of the week. So by ratio, you're actually doing more on a daily basis, in theory, of course, because if people the same mentality, then again, you would do the same amount of work. But I feel like it's a very interesting way of looking at how work hours should be dispersed, because again, it's no use for people to sit at a desk for eight hours if they only do five hours of work. So at that point, it might be better to say, okay, we're going to say that we're doing four-day work weeks. And then instead of people not working for three hours, maybe they not they don't work for one hour every day, which means that overall, even though you're losing a day, overall you're you know, getting more out of your workers and again people are being uh, people will be happier because they feel like they actually did more on their daily basis and again they have longer weekends so they are 
better rested. So I feel like the anti-work movement is a good thing because it is not only looking at the health of the the workers, but it's also taking into account that people have lives and want to do different things in their off time and want to do more things in their off time. And I feel like overall, it is a better movement because again, by shortening the work week, I feel like you get more work done on the days you do work. And working from home also helps with people like cutting down on travel time and again, having more time at home, which not it doesn't work for everybody, but for a lot of people, it does really help to get their mental, I don't necessarily want to say mental health, but maybe mental state, make that a little bit easier because instead of spending an hour in the car every morning, you're now just you now have the ability to have breakfast with your kids or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like overall the anti-work movement is actually a good thing and could only help us in, in the end. So thank you for your question, down bad. Moving on to the fourth question of the Ask Reddit subreddit for today. This one coming from user Asient underscore tiger underscore 9916. And they ask, when you hear India, what comes to your mind? And I know that you're thinking he's going to say something about the country, but I'm not. Because when I saw this question and read the India part, I was thinking of the WWE. And then you think like, what does this fucking, that's maybe weird. Like there are some Indian people there, but, but no, I'm not talking about Indian people. I'm talking about the shield. Because if you know wrestling, you know that there was this group called The Shield, which were three guys that formed this, again, protective faction, if you will, called The Shield. But every time they came to the ring, you get your theme music. And in their theme music, you heard them spell out The Shield in like Navy call-out signs or whatever the fuck you want to call it. So at the beginning of the song, you heard Sierra, Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, The Shield. And then their music would start. So when I saw, so when I saw India, I was thinking like Sierra, Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta, The Shield. And that was what I was thinking of. I wasn't thinking about Indian food. I wasn't thinking about Fixstar. I wasn't thinking about The Great Kali or whatever. I was thinking about The Shield simply because they had the Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Delta Shield intro to their team music. So thank you for your question, Asian underscore Tiger underscore 9916. Moving on to the final question of the Ask Reddit subreddit for today. This one coming from user Jason Eicht. And they ask, what is something that most people learn only after it's too late? One of these things, and I was thinking about this because of the weather that we have had lately, it's been very slippery. And this is a completely different way of looking at this question. I'm sorry. But it being slippery is something you always learn after it's already too late. A couple of years ago, I went to school on my bike and it was dark out. 
So I jumped on my bike, turned on my lights, you know what I'm, you know, whatever you do. And I started biking towards school. And I thought, you know, there's not going to be any issue. I'm just going to ride my bike. I'm going to be a little careful because it was a little frosty, but I thought it was totally fine. And then I reached the end of the fucking street. I tried to, I tried to turn and I slipped full on. I smacked my head on the fucking ground and my bike fell upside down and you name it. Luckily, there was this very nice woman that came up and helped me. Oh no, she didn't. She yelled from the side of the fucking road saying, be careful, it's slippery. And I'm just like, woman, thanks for saying that, but I'm already on the fucking floor. What the fuck you want me to do now? Can now fucking watch out because it's slippery? I'm already fucking down. And that is one of the things that I was thinking about when I saw this question asked by user Jason Eicht. Because it's something you always learn afterwards. You always start sliding and then you're just like, oh, fuck. And then you get in a fender bender or you, you know, fall off your bike or something like that. So that would be, that would be my answer to the question. I am looking here as well. And one of these things says, zombie-organic says, take care of your mental health. And that is also one of those things that you always find out later that somebody has been struggling with mental health and ended their life. And it's one of those things where it's super sad. And if you would have said that earlier, maybe people could have helped. And this is always the important thing that, yeah, take care of your mental health. Take some day, uh, days off if you feel like it, because it's really important that you have good mental health. Because when you don't, there are some bad ramifications from that. Not only your physical health can go down, but it's also just like, yeah, you can end up in very dangerous situations where you're hurting yourself. And by that, hurting others. So please take care of your mental health. And don't wait till it's too late. Thank you, Jason Eicht, for your question. Thank you, Zombie-Organic, for your answer as well. And now, moving on to the final question of today. And this one, of course, coming from the MID Asshole subreddit. Asked by user ideal-mind3099. And they ask, am I the asshole for telling my new co-worker it was misleading of him to be wearing his wedding band when he is a widower? Hi, a couple of weeks ago, we had a new employee hired at our company. He's a good guy and a widower named James, 36. And to my knowledge, his late wife passed away eight months ago. Me, 32-year-old female, and the other co-workers got along well with him. However, I noticed that he's still wearing his wedding band on his finger. It kind of confused me a bit, and I couldn't help but bring it up while bring it up to him while on lunch break. We talked, and I pointed out that he was being misleading by still wearing his wedding band when he's a widower. He looked quite bothered by what I said, but I tried to explain that I think that he was giving people the wrong idea 
or impression about his relationship status, since he's technically single and on his own right now. Don't want to sound cruel, but I'm speaking from a technical angle. James said he didn't give it much thought, meaning he don't care what people think, and that even if he wasn't wearing his wedding band and some women approached him, he'd still turn them down, since he's obviously not interested. For some reason, things got awkward and everyone stopped eating and just stared at James and me. I told him, I don't know, but that really, really felt generally misleading of him, as in making people think he is in a relationship, married, when he is not, regardless of how he felt about being in a relationship. He got upset, called me rude, and said that I repeatedly disrespected his marriage and his late wife's memory with what I said, then took his stuff and walked away. My co-workers said regardless of who is in the right or wrong, though some said he overreacted, there was no reason for me to bring this up in the first place and cause a scene and make James upset with us like now he's not speaking to me and others who cited Am I the asshole? Did I overstep or did he overreact? This was just a conversation we were casually having with the other co-workers and I didn't use any insensitive tones or anything but we had a discussion and it suddenly turned into an argument. I tried to let things calm down, but the situation got out of hand unexpectedly. So, this was a pretty long story, but I feel like it does sketch a very good painting that you're saying that you didn't use any insensitive tones, but life is not necessarily about insensitive tones, it's about the words you use as well. So you saying that it is misleading that he is wearing a wedding band or his ring is already steering the question into a certain place. You could have asked like, hey, why are you still wearing your wedding ring? Or like, I feel like honestly, you could have first off asked the question better. Because by saying, by telling him, isn't it misleading that you're still wearing your wedding band? That already, again, sounds leading. So asking why he still wears his wedding band could be maybe a better question. But on the other hand, it doesn't really matter to you, unless you're interested in him, why he's wearing the wedding band. Like, he, like he's saying himself, like he is not interested in women right now so maybe him wearing the wedding band just shows other people that hey he is occupied and that doesn't matter what his relationship status is being a widower but like it still means that he is somehow or somewhat connected to his wife and again he his wife passed away eight months ago like it's not years It's eight months, so maybe you need to have a little bit more compassion, original poster, with the way you approach him and talk to him about that. Because eight months is still pretty fresh, especially if it's your wife. Like if it was, again, not making differences here, but like if it was your girlfriend of a month that passed away, it would be hard, but assumably 
a little easier because you've been together for a month. It being his wife that passed away means that they have been together for most likely at least three, maybe even four years. If not more than that, maybe they were high school loves and got married later on in life. Like, there are so many things that is that are wrong with this situation is that first off i don't really think that there is a need for you to ask this question unless you're interested in him second off if you really want to ask this question you should ask the question in a more open question type way it's like by asking him like why are you still wearing your wedding band seems to be a more like questioning question instead of using the assumably more leading question that you pointed out and that was saying that isn't it misleading that you're still wearing your wedding band like by asking him like why are you wearing your wedding band he could like answer by saying like oh man i still love my wife and i can never take off this wedding band because of it or something like that or maybe he's again maybe he is over the his wife's death but still feels occupied by her thoughts and by her love that he wants to wear the band so he can feel connected with his wife or at least not be bothered by other people making a move on him. So if I look out at, at this overall question asked by ideal-mind3099, am I the asshole for telling my new co-worker it was misleading of him to be wearing his wedding band when he's a widower? I would say, yeah, you're the asshole. Because first off, it has nothing to do with you. So why the fuck do you even care if this person is wearing a wedding band? Second, the way you're asking a question is a leading question. And that already puts people in a certain corner. So I would say, yeah, yeah, you are the asshole. Like, why do you care? What What does it mean to you that he's wearing a wedding band? It's been eight months since his wife is dead. He probably hasn't gotten over it and is still dealing with the fallout of his wife's death. So I would say, yeah, you're the asshole for asking this question. Let the guy be, you know, who he is. Let him enjoy himself if he can. And apologize, please. Because he didn't do... Maybe he overreacted in a sense that doesn't talk to you anymore, but... I feel like you really hurt him by asking this question. So please apologize to him. But thank you again, ideal-mind3099, for your question. And this has been it for the Didn't Ask podcast for this week, episode 42. If you want to ask me a question, please go to anchor.fm forward slash didn't-ask-pod. Over here, you can find a button that says message and you can record a voice message for me so I can listen to it and play it on this very show. If you don't want your voice to be heard, I can completely understand that. Just say it up front and I will read your question out myself so I can still answer your question live on air. On this Anchor.fm website, you can also find links to your favorite podcast platforms so you can listen to this podcast wherever you go. That link will be in the show description as well as a link to my tracked page 
And if you don't know Tract, Tract is a very fun website that basically keeps an overview of all the shows and movies that you have watched and are currently watching. So please visit that link so you can see what I'm watching and join into the fun with me. Finally, in the show description, you will find a link to my YouTube page of the Didn't Ask podcast. Please go like and subscribe on there because that would help me tremendously. Well, this was all for me for this week. I hope to see you back next week. Please be safe at New Year's Eve with fireworks if you're doing those because I need you back next week. Until then, Happy New Year. Bye.